really appreciate what you've done and serving us so well. Thank you. Okay, what we're going to be looking at today, if you've got one of these around you, please grab hold of it. We will be coming back to it. I want it near. Also, dig out a pen or pencil or something. You will need that later, so hold on to that. It's our, we're ending the final term of the year. I don't know if you've worked out. I think this is accurate, but there are only 15 Sundays till Christmas. Just saying, just saying, 15, so it's, it's going to be on us before you know it. There'll be things in the shops just in the next couple of weeks. And what I want to do is to review uh, where we are as a church. We set ourselves some kind of goals at the beginning of the year, what we wanted to do um, and things like that, which I want to come to. But before we get into that, I want to remind us at the start of this term as we go into our sort of final bit of 2016, kind of what we're about as a church and where we're going as a church, just to bring us back to this is what we're about underneath all the kind of activity and, and we're trying to do this, trying to do that. What are we about as a church? Well, the first thing is what are we about as a church? What's our purpose? Well, we write it up here on the board, um, on our banner over there, so it's there every week. I say at the beginning of the meeting when I'm starting the meeting or anyone else is doing it every week, reminders of our purpose as a church, what we're about. If you want to sum it up in a word, the word would be... Jesus. We're all about him. We're all about making his name known, making his name great. We've expanded to kind of our purpose statement, which is written up there. It says, we believe real life is about having a relationship with Jesus, following the example of Jesus, and then changing our world with Jesus. We believe Jesus is the most important man who's ever lived and ever will live. Why? Because he was God. He was both fully man and fully God. And God came to earth. He entered our world. He died on a cross. He rose from death. What's the significance of that? Was Because in that process, he dealt with the fundamental problem of all humanity, which is our rebellion and our separation from a holy God because we have rejected him and gone our own way. And he dealt with that. So we can have new life in him. We can have relationship with him. We can follow him. And we're all about communicating that good news to everybody. And we want everyone to know about it and we want as many people to have the opportunity to come to know Jesus for himself because we believe having a relationship with him is the most important thing. Once you have a relationship with Jesus, that then transforms you. You become more like him. You follow his model in life and however you work that out in whatever job or situation you find yourself in. And then through that, we then have an effect on the world around us. We influence the culture around us being salt and light in that places and we give enough we point many many more people to all about Jesus so that's kind of what we're about that's our fundamental aim and that never changes as a church but it's good to be reminded about it regularly so we sing about it so we preach about it come back to this is what we're all about as a church what about where we're going as a church now this is a bit more unique to us as a people and what God has called us to and we felt when we started the church that God had called us for to three things as a people, to be a large, influential, reproducing church. That's what God had called us to. That was our kind of, our kind of direction he'd set out amongst us as a people. And we didn't just pick those, num- those words out of the air like, oh, they just sound cool and three is the right number. You've got to have three things. We felt that because that's what the Bible said we felt, but also we felt that's what God had called us particularly to do. The first one that we would grow numerically large. Well, if you, if you go back to the Bible and you look at the big story of the Bible, the meta-narrative, they call it, the big overarching theme of the Bible, you see God's plan is to have a people for himself. And that people would be a large people, would be numerically great. How do I know that? Well, if you go back to the beginning, what happens in Genesis? He created Adam and Eve and he put them in the garden and he set them about a task then. What did he, one of the things he asked them to do? multiply. He said, well, that's great, there's two of you. 
I want more. Multiply, fill the earth, he said. So there was a, there was right at the beginning, when everything was good and nothing had gone wrong, God said, you are my people, I love you, you're in relationship with me, you're to worship me, because I, I am the most delightful thing in the whole of the universe, you will find your, kind of your, your ultimate happiness and fulfillment in me, so we will be in relationship, but I want more of you. I want you to multiply and grow. Then it all goes wrong, we have the form, everything goes wrong, sin ends the world and things start going bad, but then God goes to a man named Abraham. And he pulls him out of his culture where he's living and he says to Abraham, I'm going to make you a great nation. Genesis chapter 12. A great nation. Not just a nation, but a great nation. I'm going to grow you from you, one man who's very old and a wife who's very old, can't have kids. I'm going to make a great and mighty nation. You go through a few chapters later and he says, well, actually, your descendants are going to be what? Like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. I've been to the beach in my break. We went down to see some family down the south coast. There's a lot of grains of sand on the beach. A lot of them. They most of them get into my food and my clothing, but they're there. And we also went camping over our break and taking two boys out of the city to a kind of a field campsite. They had this stunning kind of sort of revelation when we took them to the loo for the tenth time in the middle of the night. And we're walking them to the toilets and they looked up and they're like, Daddy, stars. And I had to try and explain, they're always there. We just can't see them because of the light pollution living in a city. But they're there, and they're, just, they're walking to the toilet like this. They, I think that's one of the reasons why they kept wanting to go to the loo. It's like we get to, there are a lot of stars up there. And he says, I want you to grow like that. That's what your nation's going to be like. Multiplied, your offspring will be. And you follow the story. Abraham had a son named Isaac. Isaac had a son named Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons. One of them, Joseph, we preached about not so long ago. They then went down into Egypt, settled there, became a great nation numbering million maybe, maybe more. They then came out of Egypt with Moses, settled in the promised land. You have the conquest of the promised land, you have the establishment of the kingdom, and then the, sort of the nation there is mighty. Israel under King David, King Solomon, two of their greatest kings. And it's like, wow, this is, this is it. God's nation, God's people has grown into this mighty nation, but God said, that's not enough. You get the prophets come in. Prophets like Isaiah and said, actually, you are going to be a light to the Gentiles, which is basically everyone else. The sense of Abraham, the Jews, says, that's great, you're my people, but actually that's not enough. You're going to be a light to the Gentiles. And it says actually that, that, you, that, that there'll be a mountain of the Lord to become chief among the mountains, says Isaiah 2. And it says, and the nations of the world will flow to it. They'll all come and see what you know about the one true God. And then we move forward and we have all these other prophetic promises about someone's going to come and inaugurate this kingdom. Who comes? Jesus. John the Baptist makes the way. Jesus comes. What does Jesus do? Well, he trains 12 guys. He dies on the cross. He rises again. Then what does he say to these 12 guys? And all the other followers go into all the world. Make disciples of all nations. So It's everywhere now. It's gone out of this little geographical place in the Middle East. No, it's now the nations of the world. I want everyone to know about this. We find if we look forward into uh, the book of Galatians, the Apostle Paul wrote, he says that those who have faith in Christ are actually the descendants of Abraham by faith. So if you're a believer here, if you're a Christian, you're one of those stars Abraham looked at. Even though you may not be an actual physical descendant because of faith in Christ, we're one of those. So it's multiplying all over. And if you read the book of Acts, the early um, kind of the growth of the church, what do you find? Acts 2, Acts 5, the church grows and multiplies. The church grows and multiplies. Even in the face of persecution, with the death of Stephen, what happens? The church scatters and it multiplies and grows and grows and grows and grows. 
And if we look to the end of the story, which Jeremy read a bit of revelation out during the, um, the worship time, what does the Apostle John say when he, he looked? He said, I saw before the throne, what? A great multitude that no one could number. That's just a way of saying there's a lot of these people. And what are they from? Every tribe, every nation, every people, every language. That covers everybody. Everybody in the world has got to be part of one of them. And what are they crying out? Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And so God wants a people for himself and he wants a lot of them. And he wants them from all over the world and from every background and every nation and every tribe and every tongue. And we believe God has called us as a people to grow numerically large, to represent that in some way. We're not the answer. Jesus is the answer. We're not the, the best church. Or the, we're just one of many trying to fulfill this commission to God. But we believe God has called us to grow and multiply as a church. Even since January, we've grown by about 30 here on a Sunday which was huge, that's about 25% growth over a, you know, a few months. God is adding to us, people are becoming Christians, we're baptized, and this is wonderful. This is what God is doing here, and it's just, it's just a testimony to his grace amongst us and him filling, fulfilling his word to us about growing numerically large. The second thing God has called us to be is an influential church. An influential church. God has used consistently throughout history, we see it in the Bible and beyond history, he's used men and women in significant positions to influence culture, influence nation, influence people for his kingdom. We think about Joseph, prime minister in Egypt. God raised up this foreigner who was a slave, accused of a sex crime. He didn't commit and suddenly he's the prime minister and he was described when we preached through that part of Genesis, he's described as saviour of the world. Because through his God using him, he saved Egypt and the nations around about with food from a, a dreadful famine. What about Daniel? He was an advisor in, in, in Babylon, pagan Babylon. And through his witness and through his kind of testimony in his life, the king of that nation ends up praising his God. Saying actually, praise the God of Daniel, the God of the heavens and the earth. We see Queen Esther in Persia. Through her great courage in what she did and her influence on the king of Persia and risking her own life to do it, she saved her people in that situation. You read that story in Esther, stunning. You read about Nehemiah, who was also in Persia. He was a cupbearer to the king. Through him, God used him to return to Jerusalem, which had been destroyed, and he rebuilt Jerusalem. It was there. They all held kind of positions of influence and authority in sort of normal, what we'd call kind of just the world, business, finance, and etc. But God used them for his kingdom. And then when Jesus came, he spoke to his followers. What did he say to them? He says, you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Salt is there to bring out flavor, bring out taste, prevent decay. A light, well, a light just shines. That's what lights do. They shine, and they shine best, ironically, in the darkness. If you put salt on food or you put a light in a room, they can't be hidden. They're just there. They're present. And actually, their absence is also obvious. Have you ever had chips without salt? <laughs> They're just not worth having, are they? You need some of that. They need to be on there. If you go into a room with no light, you'll end up bumping into things because you can't see. And God, when God was talking to us about planting the church, he, he highlighted a verse from the, uh, the book of uh, Jeremiah uh, to me as I was doing my kind of readings. And the day I came across this verse, and it says this. And I've read this out to you before, but I want to just remind you of what it says. It says, 
Thus says to the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles who I'm sent from Jerusalem to Babylon. So this is the people of God who were in, Jer- in Israel, Jerusalem, they'd been destroyed. Uh, their nation had been destroyed by the Babylonian Empire. They'd all been sent into exile. Not a good time. They'd all been taken into captivity. They were, feel- they were a bit kind of lost, confused. What's the word of God to us? He says, build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat their produce. Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and daughters and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there. There's that growth. And, they do not, and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exiles and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. We felt as we came to plant the church here in Sutton Colfield and part of the city of Birmingham that we were to be a positive influence on the city that we were to seek the welfare of the city, that we were to be a blessing to this city, a blessing to this town, where we find ourselves. And this counts in every area. We've got, there's two kind of parts to this. There is a, a corporate part, which is us as a people, as a church. We've got a name, we've got an identity. We can be a blessing, which is good, and we have a, 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 we're, we're progressing in that. But actually, we have way more influence as we scatter into our daily lives and go to work and homes and schools, etc., etc., uh, because we have so much more kind of influence and spread there. And actually, we spend most of our time there, not here. And actually, God has caused us to be a huge influence in those places. And whatever sphere you find yourself in, think about your life. Think about where you spend most of your life when you're not asleep and you're not here. You know, you're in a, a workplace, you're with your family, you're with friends, you're around neighbours and colleagues and all sorts of other things. That is where God has called us to be an influence as well. And actually, we have more time and energy to devote to that than we do necessarily church work. It's important what we do here as a body, but it's important there. And I pray, my heart for us as a church, we would be influential in every kind of sphere that we find ourselves in. There'll be some of you who are involved in education and schools. You might be at school, you might be at learning, you might be involved in running schools or teaching And our prayer is that you would make those schools safe places for learning and growth and encouragement and development, for young people to flourish and children to be nurtured and to be taught well in those environments and then run well with excellence. If you're involved in business, finance, sales, whatever it is, pray that you you do the best job you can in those places. You might think, well, I'm at the bottom of the, the career rung doesn't matter. You be the best employee you can be. You might be further up. You might have influence and power. You might be able to employ people, fire people. You might make big decisions with lots of money. Be the best you can be. Make your workplace the best possible place it can be. Where people love to work there, love to come into work. It's got a good environment, a good culture. What happens involved in, in law and government? And things like that. That we, This city, this place, we're a place where justice is done. Where the poor and the needy are cared for well. And actually the place is run well and it's done ethically. What about if you're involved in arts, music or films or creativity? You, you make stuff. You run your own business in that area. Make beautiful things because God is beautiful. Make lovely things because God is lovely. Just make things that people go, wow, when they see them. We, God is a creative God. Just look at the animals we have around them. There's some pretty strange creativity there, isn't there? Do things like that that make people go, wow. If you're involved in medicine and health, Caring for those who are poorly and sick. Uh, I've had to be at the hospital a few times recently, and I've been stunned at the care that the staff have given for me. Even in just walking to a hospital, I had to go for a blood test, and I got lost, having never been there, and I just stopped. I stopped someone who looked like they knew what they were doing. They had a kind of a coat, and I said, Look, where's this? And they said, I'll take you there, I'll help you. 
And they didn't have to do that. They could have just pointed me. They, they took And the staff, the doctors and nurses, everyone, even the lady on the front desk, we had to go and get the directions for in the first place. Super kind, super helpful. If you're involved in that, make those places wonderful places. What about if you, your neighbours? This guy's all of us. We all live near people, don't we? Or with people. Let's be the best neighbours we can be and be kind and generous to our neighbours and helpful to them. This is what comes back to what I talked about at the Catalyst Work Day. Hopefully, if you've thought about that, you'll get involved in that and it will help you in those areas. My heart and my, my passion is that we would be a church corporate that is influential for good, but also as many, many individuals who have far greater, wider, greater influence that they would be useful and used by God in those places. I've always been haunted by this question that I heard a while back from a preacher, and he's basically said, if your church disappeared overnight, would anybody miss you? And you're like, okay, I don't know. <laughs> would they? So that, that, that applies for us as a big group. Would they miss us? Would the town miss us? Would the youth centre miss us? If we disappeared overnight, what about your workplace, which might just be you? If you disappeared... Would they miss you or would they say, I'm so glad they're gone? <laughs> Let's be encouraged. Let's just spell on to be, a, be someone who works for the glory of God in that places and actually we, we do the best we can. The last one would be a reproducing church. Jesus said to his disciples just before he, he was taken up into heaven, he said, to go into all the nations and what? He says, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit and teach them everything I have commanded you. He was saying, replicate yourself i've done it to you you need to do it to others and if you're teaching them they will then in turn do it to others paul's command to timothy was so wasn't it as i've told you train faithful men to tell others so it's paul timothy the faithful men and others there's a a reproducing a replicating of what you're doing it doesn't just terminate on us and we've seen that in the growth of the churches are multiplying and are multiplying even in the face of persecution um you find the, side of the, the account of Philip leaving, going to Samaria. He meets the Ethiopian eunuch, leads him to Christ. The Ethiopian eunuch returns to his country preaching the gospel. There's replication there. I love this part in the book of Acts. If you read from the beginning of Acts, verse 13, to sort of halfway through the end of Acts 14, you find the account of the Apostle Paul going to these places, planting churches. Cyprus, Perga, Antioch in Pisidia, Iconium, Lystra, Derbe. And he started in Antioch, Antioch, Cyprus, Perga, another Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, Derby, and then going back, planting churches, replicating, replicating. More and more and more people need to know it than about Jesus. And we believe God has called us to be a reproducing church. Reproducing on an individual level, we want to see people become Christians. We've seen that. That's wonderful. We baptize them. We love it. We integrate them. But we also want to move that up and start looking at planting another church some point in the future. It's something that's been on our agenda since we began, and there's only like eight or ten of us in a front room, we're going to plant another church. <laughs> He's like, well, not yet. We need to grow a bit, but we're going to do that. And before we came to start the church here, we, my wife and I, Melanie, we were going to meetings and praying, and the news was getting out. We're going to move to Sutton Coalfield and plant the church. And we had four people on four separate occasions come and talk to us about the same thing. And when that happens, you kind of think, the Lord might be in here. And he, he, um, he talked to us about um, a strawberry plant, which is the official plant and fruit of Real Life Church. And he said... Yeah, they all said, God is going to use you and he's going to make you like a strawberry plant. And you're like, and I, what does that mean? You know, and they say, well, if you look at a strawberry plant, quickly wild strawberries, apparently the way they grow is that you make a strawberry plant and you plant it and it grows and it bears fruit and it's wonderful. But then what they do is they send out a runner, a shoot, a green shoot that goes along the ground. It then goes into the ground and where it hits the ground, it grows another plant. 
and the plant grows up and it, it starts to bear fruit and then the, and you've got the runner connecting and then that one does the same and you multiply and multiply. If you see wild strawberries that are growing, it's very hard to find where one plant starts and the other one finishes because there's all this kind of connecting and there's fruit and leaves and lines on the floor and it's amazing. God has called us as a church to be like that and so we're looking at that. We're praying about that. I think, God, what's next? And now I haven't got any news or any plans or anything. I'm just telling you where I think God has called us to be, the kind of church he's called us to be. So that's sort of where we're going. Let me also add a couple of things in um, that God's been saying to us recently that you just need to sort of be reminded of that will just help frame and see what we're doing and why we're doing certain things. But we had a visit a while back uh, from a friend of ours named Jim Adams. He came and he has a significant prophetic gift and he spoke to many in the church. He spoke to us as a church and we kind of took some of that on board and think, God, what are you saying through this, weighing it up? And I'm just going to remind you of some of the things he said. He said to us as a people, he said, God has called you to be unashamedly drinkers of the Spirit those who would soak and drink. Your best strategy is going to come from the river. Even as David found his best weapons in the river, so you will find your best strategies in the river. Talking about spending time in the presence of God, which we prioritize on our Sunday morning here. We have our prayer meeting, which is coming up this week um, on Tuesday. We've moved the day of that. Don't miss that. But at another time, we spend in the presence of God. We look to hear him pray, see what he's saying to us. He also says, the Lord says, what's going to mark you out as a church is your ability to worship you're going to have a prophetic anointing on your worship there's going to be a flowing worship that will enrich the levels of intimacy and ecstasy that begin to shape an atmosphere and change the way things are done you'll accomplish more in extended worship than you will in strategic eldership meetings get ready to become a worshiping church you're to teach your people how to worship you'll teach your people how to engage in the realm of the spirit he also says the thing that's going to mark this church out is going to be a significant children's work there's going to be a move of God amongst your children. Get ready for that. Has anyone noticed that starting happening? <laughs> They're there. God will give you a prominence and favor in order to release the blessing and the kingdom of God that will lift this community out of its place so that you'll get ready because the church is going to come into its destiny. So there's that influence. And he didn't know anything about this, by the way. He just came and spent some time with us. There's going to be an acceleration coming to this church and growth. It says you're to build for growth and not for maintenance. So there's some of the things we've been living with over the last kind of 18 months is what God's called us to. Now if you've got your um, to-do list, please could you grab that out. We set this in place in January. I've reviewed it. We set it out in January. I reviewed it in April. I'm now reviewing it again and we'll review it at the, sort of the beginning of the new year to see how we're done. We, we put some things down as a leaders. We'd pray and we got together and said, what do you think God's saying? What do you think we need to do? And so we came up basically a to-do list of things we wanted to work out this year. In and of themselves, they're all right. A lot of them, there's not particularly anything special per se about them. But the whole point of them is to move us on in line with who we are into what God's called us to. So we put them down to say, not because they're anything magic in them of themselves, but we think this will help us become who God's called us to be, and it also be in line with who we are as a people. So that's why we're doing these things. And we felt, and if God, if for any reason none of them got done, we thought we're fine with that, as long as we're listening to God and following God. If some of them did get done, brilliant. If we added extra things that come along the way, that's fine as well. But we feel like this is what God had called us to do, and we wanted to do it, we want to follow, and we're doing it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through some of them. And if you've got that pen or pencil I asked you to get, I want you to tick some of them off. Because if we've done them, I think that's an opportunity to thank Jesus for it. 
Thank God for what he's done in our lives and he's done for us as a people. Not that aren't we awesome, but actually God has done some amazing things. So if you've got your pen, I'm going to go through these and we'll, we'll tick some off. Some will be ticked, some not, but we'll see how we're doing kind of, what, two-thirds of the way through the year as we are now. All right, first one, uh, celebrate our fifth birthday. We've done that, tick that. That was way back in January 2011, if you were here. We were five years old as a church we reflected back on January 2011. We had, a, a, uh, we had our blue sky day as a bunch of leaders. I think there were 10 of us there, two children, as we did that. Then we had our first public meeting at the end of January. And I remember our first public meeting, I could guarantee eight adults and one child in that meeting. That was my... I knew they were going to be there because if not, I would go to their houses and drag them out. But I knew that was the team. One adult, one child. Since then... We've met in three venues. We're growing as a people. Look around. This is what God's doing. We hold, heard a whole bunch of stories of what people have done. If you troll through our Facebook page, there's a video. There's kind of a little recap video. If you haven't seen that, it's worth a watch uh, that was put together. Great, just to celebrate some of the things God has done. So tick that one. Number two, host some courses. And this was kind of a, a catch-all title because we wanted to put a bunch of courses on just to help people. What we've done, Freedom in Christ. We ran that as a church. We started that kind of... Uh, beginning of last year 2015 and then ran it into 2016 so we did that the whole church went through it we did the steps of freedom day here we had two, in the evening we did a men's one and we did a ladies one brilliant so many people found freedom i found freedom there are things in my life unforgiveness i didn't realize was there god highlighted it I had to deal with it so much so many people found freedom in that course which is so exciting um, brilliant since then some people have joined the church people might have missed that that's why i said about mike and sarah running another one beginning at the end this one will be in a home talk to them if you want to get involved and then if you've never done it let me tell you as your pastor who loves you do it i can't order you to do things sometimes i wish i could but I can't, I don't have that authority. But if I could, I would order you to go on that course with an open heart and get some freedom in Christ. Second one, Alpha. We won one at the first um, part of the year. Had a lady became a Christian on that. Wonderful, great celebration. A bunch of people got involved, shared their stories, um, uh, gave the, the talks. Um, that was, Melanie ran that. That was an excellent time. We have Alpha Male, which is what we're calling it, uh, starting... In a few weeks with John and Jeremy are starting up. If you've got friends or you want to be involved in that, please talk to them. That will be excellent. So that's Alpha. The marriage course that Mike and Fliss, please wave at me. Mike and Fliss there. They've run a couple of marriage courses with three couples using um, the, the similar, from the same people who brought Alpha, using the marriage course, just helping people, the marriage. And so that has gone fantastically well. Really pleased with that. People have found some help, strengthen their marriage. If you're interested in doing that, please talk to Mike and Fliss. We're also looking at maybe running the Alpha parenting course, thinking about that. Might start before the end of the year, probably into next year. So we've done a whole bunch of things to hopefully serve you, help you grow in your love for Jesus. Give that one a tick. Okay, baptize some followers of Jesus. Easter Sunday. Here, uh, we baptized four people, Mark, uh, Matt, Sam, and Ness. Baptized them, heard their stories, had a great celebration in the room, packed out the room. We had the baptistry over there. Fantastic time, heard their story, which is fantastic. So you can tick that, but... Hot off the press, we have another baptism date coming up, 30th of October. We have already one person down who'd like to uh, be baptized. If you haven't been baptized, if you're a believer, if you love Jesus, you follow Jesus, you, you repent of your sins, and you haven't been baptized, that's the date. Put it down, 30th of October, talk to Manly. We want to baptize you. Jesus said, 
go into all the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father. And he got baptized. He showed us how to do it. There you go. That's it. And, and that's a sign of following Jesus. Do that. So we got that coming up. So tick that one. Done. Okay, collect some God stories. Becky Phillips, are you here? Is Becky here? No? She's at her sister's wedding. That, oh, okay, that's a pretty good excuse, don't you think? We'll let that one fly. I think I saw the photos on Facebook. But Becky has been collecting stories. We'll let you more know just of what God's done. The idea of collecting God stories is talking to people, writing it down. Let's hear what God's done in your life so we can share them so that you can celebrate that God's amazing and moves in people's lives. So there's a bit more to be worked done on that, but that is happening. Next one, make a big noise at Easter. Tick that one, that's done. We had Messy Easter in here, in this room. We had about 120 children. Who was at Messy Easter? There was glitter everywhere, <laughs> and glue, and stuff, and just... Also, we had an absolutely amazing time. We did that one ticketed, kind of free tickets. You had to sign up online. We, we basically sold out so fast just through social media. People know that we run good events. And so a couple of the mums, I think Mel shared it once, said the, ticking, the things online, some of the, the people in the church shared it again. And before you knew it, we were kind of like, we had 90 places gone within like three or four days because people know it. So it was an excellent time. We had the Sunday celebration here. Jesus is alive. We talked about the baptisms happened on that one. We had an absolute time. So we made a big noise at Easter. That was brilliant. Tick that one. Be good to our community. This is kind of a general thing, but it comes from our desire to be influential and a positive influence and a good influence. Uh, we serve the food bank. Here, we collect every Sunday. Uh, I send the list out on the email. If you want to just contribute, put something into your uh, shopping to add to the food bank. That now goes to the URC food bank in town, Jax Nixon. She just moved. I mean, she literally was sitting there. Jax, who was sitting there, who spoke to me earlier, She's kind of running that up, taking charge of that. Her and Philip, who is there, is, uh, they go every Friday and serve, uh, just serve the food bank, make sure people are coming out, giving out the food parcels, helping there. If you want to get involved in that, please talk to those guys, but we do that. We did the Boldmere Music Festival on June the 18th, where we unleashed our musicians just in town to play and show how good and creative and wonderful and talented they are. So they made a beautiful noise there. That was good. We have Knit Night running, that Fliss runs. Wave again, Fliss in the Delhi and Boldmere High Street, knitting, crochet, anything like that, just come along, hang out, get involved in that. Even if you've never done it before, they'll teach you. Go along to that. We had Sutton Games, which hadn't happened last time, but has now happened. That was on the weekend of the 9th to 10th July. Who went to Sutton Games? That was staggering. It was in the field over here, the Leisure Centre. It's a completely non-profit event that some guys in the, the town run of all purely voluntary. And it came out of the, I think it was the Commonwealth Games that were in Glasgow to basically run community events to get people active and out. And they basically invite all the people, all the kind of sports groups, activity groups in the town to just come and be there for free and just show people. And anyone can come in. They reckon there was about 10,000 people who came through that over the two days. Just come and, and just, just partake in the events. Uh, we put a tug of war team in, which I think we did really well, although we, we lost to the kids at the end. But there were quite a lot of them, I just want to say, the children. I think there were 10 of us. But we had a great time. But somehow, in God's grace, we got asked to come and be involved there. And Melanie and her kids team ran kids' event. I mean, we're a church, and there's all these other, like, you know, the rowing club and the cycling people and taekwondo and football and then there's us, real life church. And we ran these events and they were so grateful to us because we did something for the younger children which weren't particularly catered for and they had a wonderful time. And so we were out there being in the community. Our musicians played. We ran the music set. We were kind of, what was the word, overseeing in charge. 
in charge of the music set. Our musicians played. They were stunning. We had other people just come along and play. We had a great time. And so the people who, won, who, were, who were involved were just really thankful for us just to come and help and bless and be part of the community. So it was great to do that. They're pleased. I'd love us to come back and help next year. Tick that one. That is good. Train new life group leaders. Okay, life groups are vital to how we do church. We have Sunday morning here which is brilliant, we invite everyone to come along, you come, come along, but we also have our small group meet, meetings which meet every week, they meet two weeks uh, in homes, uh, uh, in, sm- in smaller groups, and we meet all together one week to pray, um, and uh, we, we encourage everyone in the church to be connected to a life group. It's vital that you do that, because that's how you get cared for and looked after in a more, less formal way, because here we're growing, it's getting too big, we can't manage everything on a Sunday, and it's almost just not designed to. So we say, get in a life group, you get to know people, you get looked after, people are looking out for you, people are asking you. And every single meeting you go to, we have the same format. We, we eat together at the beginning of the meeting, so you get to come, you know, you can get fed, nice simple food, it's not meant to be, you know, it's not, we're, not, we're not a dinner club, it's just nice and simple food, we eat together, we, we talk to each other around the table, how are we doing, then we have a focus time where we're just chatting about something, something important, how's our walk with God going, how are we doing, all those kind of things, and then we always finish with a time of prayer and meeting God, praying for one another, praising God, and that's how we do it, and we want to do that because we want it to serve people in the church, we want people to be able to come, meet people, get connected, talk about how they're doing their lives, and then pray, meet God, and pray in some of the situations, sometimes church, sometimes together, so it's vital we're doing that, we've had five, we start with one life group, we've now got five, no, we've had one, we have five, now we've got six, yes, because Jeremy's, where's Becky? Seizing children. Jeremy and Becky's group has got too big. Yay! So they've multiplied it, and so they're going to be now looking after those two groups. We now have six, not six, six groups um, taken on there. I'm going to get this right. Sam and Ness are leading one, and Dave and Haley are leading the other. Are Sam and Ness and Dale and Haley here? Sam is there. Haley is there. And the others are around somewhere. But they're leading the new group, so we're excited about that. We had some more people coming in. We need more room. We're doing that. Brilliant. Tick that one. If you're not in a life group, again, the order thing. Get in one, you know. Please, we love you. We want good things for you. That's why. So that's another great thing. Uh, we're going to keep going with that. Next one, host some men, men's and women's events. Uh, we did Man vs. Mountain, uh, which we kind of run yearly, where we go to Wales, climb up a mountain. This year didn't quite work because the weather was so torrential in July that we had to change it to man versus hill, and we had to go somewhere else and climb a hill, not a mountain. But we do that, and that was awesome. Jonathan runs that. This Saturday, oh no, not this Saturday, two Saturdays' time, man versus fire. Um, please come, Ryan's going to find you and, and, and get your name. Just so you know, that's going to involve fire and cooking meat, lots of it. What's, I don't know what Dave's got planned. Is it, is it a pig or a lamb, or is it both? It's, it's got a few pigs. It's got a few pigs, yeah, that are going to be roasted and... I try to stay out of that, but it's going to be good. It's going to be good. That's going to be fantastic. Uh, the women's ones, uh, we've done a, a women's event swap shot, to be honest. I was talking to Mel. We've been praying about this. Actually, we're not quite sure exactly where we're going with that, exactly what we want to do with that. So that's something we just, we're still wrestling with. We've got a, a clear idea with the men, but that, they have happened this year. So please tick that. We'll continue on uh, with that, giving uh, men and women just time to be together. Next one, record some of our songs. Remember what I read out about Julian Adams? What's going to be significant about us as a church? One of the things was our times of worship and our times of intimacy. So one of our responses to that was to record some of our songs. I don't know if you realize it, but some of the songs we sing here on a Sunday are written by some of the people here. Okay, and this one, 
The champion we sang this morning was written by Phil Yates, one of our worship team leaders. Okay, and we've now recorded it professionally. This is it. You're listening to it. Um, I'll put a link out so you can download it, listen to it. Part of the, the reason we wanted to do this was because some of you have said to us, we like those songs we sing, but we can't find them anywhere. And you think, well, that's because we wrote them. They're not anywhere. Uh, okay, we need to start recording them. And we've done one. We want to keep doing that. These guys went to a professional studio. They did this stuff. Whatever, whatever they do at a studio, they did something there. I, try, I was going to try and explain it, but I realized I haven't got a clue what I'm talking about. They did something, and what you get back is sounds great. So they're doing that, and we're going to let you have that and just play it, play it to your kids, learn the songs. We sing it here, and we want to keep doing more of that because we feel God's called us to something. We thought this is a good way to respond and say, okay, this is what we're going to do with that. So you invested time, invested money. Um, if you want any more information on that, talk to Matt and Phil. So tick that one. That one is done, and I'll put a link out so you can download that and record that. Next one, what's next for our venue? We are growing, have you noticed? We've been praying and asking God um, guidance and saying, God, what, what, where do you want us to do? What do you want us to do? How's it going to work here? Where do we go somewhere else? What, 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 what? Help us, Lord. Um, and uh, we've, um, the, Andy Martin, Heather Martin, who came and preached a few weeks back, they kind of oversee us the church, give us some input. We're growing a relationship with them. And we had dinner with them after the meeting when they were here and we were saying, look, this is where we are. And he was very clear. He carried some focus and he said, you need to move. I feel God saying that. You need to move. You need to be looking for alternative space for the next step in what God is going to do for the church. And we are currently working on that. I haven't got anything to share right now, but what I want to do is on the 2nd of October, so in a few weeks' time, I'll be able to give you a clear plan of what's going to happen in that. But basically, what you need to take away is it's coming. Okay, I think our time here ha has run its course. So we can't tick that one, but it's coming uh, along those ways because we think that's what God's calling to us uh, next. The next one, appoint elders. Um, we believe that the church, a uh, local church, should be led by elders. Elders are a group of qualified men who meet the criteria in the Bible and they, they lead the church. They basically take responsibility for the church just like a husband or father takes responsibility for his family. They don't do everything but they basically are the final kind of point of authority and they're the ones where the buck stops in, in running it. Anything goes wrong, ultimately it lands on their lap. Um, and we've been, we've been talking about this and praying about this for a long time. We don't have anything official there, although I have a leadership team of five couples I'm meeting with, but within that, we want to, um, want to look to point some elders. What I can share with you at the moment is we've put together, with Andy and Heather's help, a process. What I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be gathering some of the guys to pray with them regularly, fortnightly, as part of this process of actually, okay, we're going to start moving forward, being elders, what does that look like? We're going to be starting discussing some theological issues with actually things that have relevance to us as a church. How do we work that out? What does that mean for us? Taking that, which is one of the roles of the elders, to, to, to lay down the doctrine and say, this is what we believe, this is what it means for us. We're also going to be meeting with Andy and Hedda Martin as a couple's um, and just talking about the process and actually do we know what we're getting ourselves into and basically giving us an opportunity to see is this right calling on each of our lives to make that happen. So I'll be kind of running that with Andy and Martin and gathering a team. So it's happening. I can't say any more at this point, but it is happening and I'm excited and thrilled to get that in place because for me, this is almost the last thing to make us a proper church, <laughs> if you know what I mean. We started like five years ago, we've seen people say, we've baptised people, we've, we've, you know, we've served the poor, we've, we've been good to our community, we've done a whole bunch of things, but until we finally get our kind of proper leadership in place, in that sense, before God, how we see it worked out in the Bible, then, then I feel like 
we've hit it and I feel like we've planted a church. Um, and so I'm excited and I'm praying for that. Please be in prayer for that. Uh, the next one. Run the fun run for the Jericho Foundation. Okay, this happened, but I haven't got the date here, but it was, it was right at the beginning of June. Um, we ran the fun run. There was a bunch of us. We pushed a digger around, not a real digger, but what looked like a digger that had been built. And there's us wearing hard hats and high-vis jackets. We were going to raise money for the Jericho Foundation. Helen. Where's, Helen's there. Helen works for the Jericho Foundation. You'll find one of these somewhere around you. So Leafla, if you know a bit about the Jericho Foundation, it's a local charity that runs social enterprises to help the disadvantaged individuals kind of get back into work, give them meaning, them purpose, and help. We have in town, in Sutton, we have the Recyclers Centre, which is by the the, the, the council-run recycle kind of, I still want to call it the tip, but we're not allowed to call it that, but the recycle centre, so that's there, that's reusers, not recycle, sorry, reusers, that's part of the Jericho Foundation, Josh who's part of the church, he works there and is part of that as well, and we set ourselves the target to raise a bunch of money for them, uh, the final one was with gift aid, £1,408.75p. So I want to thank you for those who gave, those who ran, those who came and cheered us on, those who got friends, family to give. Um, that was brilliant. And this will give you an idea of what the money is going to, to serve and help. If you want to find out more, you can go to their website, look at it. They've got videos and stuff. If you want to talk to more, talk to Helen uh, about just what they're involved in. And it's a great thing. We just wanted to bless them. So please tick that. We did that, that was an excellent thing, and that was very much us serving the community. It's worth saying also with the, the fun run, I think, it's the, I think it's the largest community event we do as a, in a, as a town. 7,000 people run, as many, again, I think, watch. So it's still bigger than the Sutton Games, but big. But we were there, and we were just part of it. And we just wanted to be part and say we enjoy it. We, kept, we were in the paper. Uh, we got to raise money for a good local charity. It was just a really fantastic time. Um, so that was good. Next one, so tick that. Uh, go to the Catalyst Festival on New Day. The Catalyst Festival, I've mentioned, the part of the group of churches are a part of Catalyst Network. Uh, there's a big camp. It was in uh, the May Bank holiday. Uh, we went and camped. There was about 80, 90 of us as a church that joined 3,500 others there. We had an absolutely fantastic time. I think it was our best one yet. Hands up, who went? Even if it's for a day, yes. It was absolutely awesome. The sun shone. We had a great time. We ate together every day. We had a big marquee. We went to some meetings and seminars, and the kids had fun. It was all brilliant. So that was fantastic. New Day, which is a youth event run by our wider family of churches, New Frontiers, over in Norfolk. We took 14 young people and four adults from our team, plus a couple of others who were involved in just running the event as a whole. If you go on Facebook, there's a little video and bits. We had some, some of the... Young people come up over summer and tell their stories of what happened. Um, so there's like, you know, they had a great time. We had three first-time commitments, one recommitment. A bunch of them went out on the streets and were just praying for people, saw people healed, involved in kind of just projects, just clearing up neighborhoods and just helping out. So it was a fantastic time uh, that we had there. And I just want to say, those of you who gave money to pay for some of those young people to go, that's the return on your investment. Transformed lives. And you can't put a price on that. And we ask some of you to sponsor young people just to make it easy for families to send people. But that's the return on your investment. And that is just, that will last into eternity. You gave a little bit of money, which you'll forget about in a few months. But actually, lives are transformed. It was awesome. So brilliant job there. So tick that. Last one. Have a Merry Christmas. 15 Sundays to go. 
Just saying. <laughs> Watch this space. Um, we're news about, we'll do a message Christmas, we'll do a carol service. We haven't got all the details yet, but we will do that. Let's stop. Stand up. Go to the back, come back, get ready. I'm just going to pray to finish. There is so much there, but when you're reflecting back on nine months of the year and all the things that we've done, and there's, there's a whole bunch of things I can't say because I don't know, because I know you guys do things just of your own self, how you serve one another, how you love one another, how you serve your neighbors and your colleagues, and just so many things God is doing amongst us as a people beyond just the highlights and the headlines. And I just want to just take a moment to just put our eyes on it and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your grace on us as a church, what you've done. So maybe you want to just close your eyes, open your hands. And Lord God, I want to say you are an amazing God. You are an incredible God. You are far beyond anything that we could comprehend. Lord, I want to thank you that what you've done in us as a people over a few short years, even over nine months of this year. Lord, I want to thank you for all the incredible things you've done, people we've seen say, people we've baptized, people we've got to serve and bless, money we've raised, lives transformed, all those amazing things, all the places we've just been, we've got to show you well, Lord Jesus. We want to say we love you, we thank you for your grace upon us. We know this isn't about us, it's not that we're awesome, it's that you're awesome. And we want to give our lives to telling as many people and showing as many people how awesome you are. Lord, we love you. We praise you. And God, even after all that, I feel I want to humbly ask God, continue to do that amongst us. Lord, continue to do that. Lord, we don't want to just rest on the laurels of the past. That's how great they are. God, we look to the future in expectation that you are the God who keeps working, who keeps multiplying, who keeps doing, who is always on the move. And Lord, as we kind of roll out this year, Lord, I pray by your grace you continue to be with us as a people. Continue to be with us as a people, Lord Jesus. Continue to save, continue to transform, continue to bless. Not just us like a little holy huddle, but all the people we touch. All our colleagues and our friends and our children and our neighbors and everyone we come into contact with. I want to say we love you, Lord.